Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex. It's June. We're excited about that. The Eagles in the midst of their OTAs. That's the organized team activities that will conclude next week. And then the players, coaches, staff pretty much off until the end of July when training camp begins right here at the NovaCare Complex. And I'm sitting in the well-appointed office of Assistant General Manager John Ferrari, who's, it, it is well appointed, John. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of football in here. You've got a little candle selection here. You've got a, a family photos. You've got a Roseanne Cash framed fo- uh, poster there. Uh, give me the the thought process to organizing the office. Yeah, I got Almond Brothers tickets and Almond Brothers at the Beacon uh, uh, program cover. Yeah. By the way, your mobility here, your ability to be anywhere and record the podcast from anywhere is really, it's admirable. Uh, so, um, thanks, John. I mean, that you got to be on the go. You have to be mobile, versatile, and mobile, right? We all do. And one other thing I want to say, you started this by saying we were in the midst of our OTAs. And I really want to say I appreciate you saying that. Oftentimes, and I'm a rules nerd, a CBA nerd, and I worked at the league office on the offseason program, there oftentimes the off-season program writ large is referred to as OTAs. It's in fact not OTAs. OTAs are a component of the nine-week off-season program. So you're using the correct nomenclature to describe the period in which we are currently in. I really appreciate that. And those OTAs consist, there are six on-field practices with the team. No pads, helmets for the first time, no contact. Any other rules that we need to know? Correct. And that, well, in the in phase three of the offseason program in these OTAs, you can pl- do team drills. So you can have offense facing the defense in a full speed drills as so long as there's no live contact. So that's what we're doing for the first time. We're doing walkthroughs in phase two, offense facing the offense. So offense standing in for the defense. This is the first time the offense and the defense can face each other. So that's exciting where you're really putting what you've installed in the classrooms to to the test. Uh, when the offense goes against the defense. And that's, that part of it's really exciting. John Ferrari has been a multiple guest, multiple times guest here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Most recently, April 13th, the new rules, what's in and out for the 2023 season. And John, you and I talked about a myriad of rules that emerged from the April, uh, the meetings down in um, out in Arizona, the spring meetings, the owners meeting, uh, play clock adjustments, uh, a replay officials jurisdiction, of course, the jersey number zero. We now know that DeAndre Swift will wear jersey number zero for the Eagles. The definition of the launch uh, penalty for tripping is now a personal foul. A whole bunch of projects that um, I know that you were really a big part of it, but there was still some unfinished business from that meeting. John, what really kind of like you carried forth from Arizona, knowing that there were still possibilities in Minneapolis a couple of weeks ago, uh, more decisions to be made by the league's owners? Yeah, it's a good question. Oftentimes, the things that carry over from that meeting into the May meeting are the the rules regarding or changes regarding player safety. Um, because oftentimes, they add a level of complexity or changes to the game that are uh, that require a little more study. So we're going through the rules right now. We're going through. Yeah, I, I do. Oh, let me, let's first let's first go some of these paths. Strength of victory that we talked about. Uh, one cut down date in the preseason that goes from ninety to fifty three. Uh, transaction deadlines for games. Greater clarity to a player's availability for games. Um, one thing we didn't talk about: the guardian helmets. 
helmets. that are guardian helmets are still going to be worn in training camp. Explain. In fact, not only are they going to continue to be worn, but they're going to be expanded to additional positions like receivers and running backs. Listen, the the guardian caps were a safety initiative to to try to. Uh, they've been measuring the blows uh, for helmets in our padded training camp practices. The guardian caps have mitigated the severity of those blows. I'm being very top line, a very big picture, but the guardian caps are working uh, to to help protect the players' heads, um, which we know is critical to the future and the health of this game, protecting players' heads. So we'll expand it. We'll use it for every padded practice in training camp and padded practices in the regular season. Padded practices meaning you're wearing shoulder pads and helmets. And that expands again uh, linemen, tight ends, and who else? Linemen, tight ends, wide receivers, linebackers, running backs, defensive backs. It's it's pretty much everyone except quarterbacks and specialists at this point. Very interesting. And that's obviously for safety. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For the, any player who's going to get those blows to the head. Obviously, in practice, the quarterback's wearing a red jersey. He's not contacted. So, you know, for that purposes, you know, we can so, – listen – Anything that furthers the safety of the game and something like this, um, they might look a little goofy. You might make jokes about how their appearance, but really, um, guys like them. Guys learn to deal with them, um, and they made the game safer, so we're all for that. So then the next series of owners' meetings happen in May in Minneapolis, and I've come away with three rules. Third quarterback rule, new kickoff rule, limited flex scheduling Thursday night. Um, Those are the three big ones. The three big ones. Okay. Let's talk first about the third quarterback rule. What do fans need to know? So fans need – really what fans need to know is the – the. let's talk about 1991. We had a third quarterback rule where if the first two quarterbacks were knocked out of the game, the third quarterback could enter the game, and the first two quarterbacks could not reenter the game for any reason. Okay? That would mean they, they had to be actually knocked out of the game due to injury to bring that third quarterback in. What we have now is a little bit different than that because what we have now is the concussion protocol, which didn't exist in 1991. So – your third quarterback can enter the game if the first two are out because of injury. But if another, if you can, if a player can return, that third quarterback can leave the game again, and those first two quarter, one of those first two quarterbacks can return. So, for example, uh, let's look at San Francisco and the NFC Championship game. First quarterback's not knocked out because of injury. Second quarterback goes into the concussion protocol. The third quarter under the current the new rule we just passed, third quarterback can come in the game. If the second quarterback passed that concussion co- protocol and could re-enter, he would be allowed to do so. He wouldn't have under the 1991 rule. And the caveat here is that that third quarterback has to be on the 53-man roster, and it's an additional available player on game day that does not penalize the team it's 40 it's the 47th player 48th player now 49th player yeah and yes right he can't be a practice squad player that's exactly right that you said you said it exactly right has to be on the 53-man roster and it's valuable for these players because the third quarterback you know he wouldn't get to participate in warm-ups he doesn't dress for the game now that guy can dress for the game he can participate in warm-ups he can get that extra work in with the team um it's really valuable for the player too so there will be how many inactive players potentially on the 53-man roster. You can bring two players up from the practice squad for the game, right? So that doesn't count against the 53. So that brings you to 55 with the two practice squad elevations. And you'd have 48 up on game day, 49 if you're counting the third quarterback. Now, the difference between why it's not a true 49 is because that guy can't enter the game the way the 48th 
the 48th through first through 48th can enter the game. So, uh, so you have six, you know, so you would have six guys not dressing. Six guys, so, so, but there's still no, no, no whisper down the lane about making everybody active. No, that's your pet project. <laughs> I know that's your pet project. Make everybody active. Are you gonna, are you gonna work with me on this at all? hundred percent. I'm gonna work with you on it. It's my off season next year. <laughs> Thank you, John. All right, the new kickoff rule. Obviously, this is a, a player safety situation. Explain kind of the thought process here, and what it means when when fans are watching the game. The kickoff, you know, from an injury perspective, is the most dangerous play in football, right? So the competition committee, the league, uh, the, the vendors that the league uh, employs to look at player safety, they're constantly looking at punts and kickoffs, right? Long distances run, heavy collisions at the end of the play. These are the most, there's the most injury data on those plays, the kickoff being number one. Obviously, in 2018, we made significant changes to the kickoff. We formalized those a year later. The kickoff has been, and, and it, the injury numbers have improved. They haven't improved to the point where the competition committee is satisfied. So, what they did this year, right? You can, it's the college rule essentially. You can fair catch a kickoff. The under the old rule, before we pass this, if you fair caught a kickoff, which you could do, you'd get the ball at the spot of the fair catch. I fair catch it at the seven, the ball's placed at the seven, and we're playing football. Now I fair catch it at the seven, and it comes to the 25-yard line. It's the same as if it were kicked into the end zone. So there's significant strategic components to this, but from a safety perspective, it was looked at, this is a way to mitigate those collisions at the end of the play, right? Where you have the frontline players, the kicking team colliding with the blockers and the returner at the, you know, in the, in the red zone, but where the kick lands. Everybody lines up the same way as 2022 season. The lineup, nothing else changes. Interesting. John, the third one is the limited flex scheduling for Thursday night games, weeks 13 through 17, very controversial. You're, you're, can you give us the, the top line in very layman terms, easy to understand explanation of how this impacts potentially Eagles fans? Yeah, weeks 13 through 17, a game can be moved from its original spot on Sunday into the Thursday night slot, right? So you're, now that could be a, a home game for us. It couldn't be an away game for us. You know, it depends on what that schedule looks like. So um, for us on football operations side, you know, we take a lot of time and we've been taking a lot of time since the schedule came out in planning how the team moves, our flights, our hotels, our bus movements, all those things that go into getting the team from A to B. And you now have to have a backup plan for weeks 13 through 17, be it home or on the road for uh, you know, arriving in uh, traveling potentially on a Wednesday and playing on a Thursday, even though the game is currently scheduled for a Sunday, you have to have that backup in place. Um, and that adds a level of complexity because maybe the preferred hotels available for the weekend game, but it's not available for that game. So are we going to a different hotel? How are we going to approach that? Um, it's um, it. It, I understand why they did it. You know, they want to put those best games. They want to give the Amazon those the best games to show. But um, it definitely adds a layer of complexity for that. And you know, it's certainly um, it's going to be a change for sure. And, and to be clear, this does not include Week 18, which is the final regular season week of the season. All of those games will remain still undecided as to times. But I guess it's either Saturday or Sunday. Saturday or Sunday, exactly. Saturday or Sunday, exactly. Week 18 only. John, this is a good segue now because I'd like. To, for fans to get to know you a little bit and understand what you do. We've talked to you a lot about the rules changes, and I really appreciate your time and your clarity with that. Um, but you are really, you're in charge of the support staff of the Philadelphia Eagles and the coordination 
of all of that. It, you, you don't call the plays. You're, you're not making the calls necessarily on the roster. Um, but you are making sure that everything is running. Eagles are compliant with everything in the NFL. Uh, and then the, the support staff, whether that's the equipment, um, training staff, etc., um, are on schedule and working in conjunction with the team schedule. Can you kind of give me the broad overview of your responsibilities? Yeah, by the way, I'd like to, and you know, at Saturday Night Live, when you become a five-time host, you become the five-timers club, and that's a big deal. You get a jacket and everything. This is my fifth time on the podcast. Do you have any gifts or anything? like that? A gold microphone. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. I think this is the one thing that fans should understand are how extraordinary the leadership of Howie and Nick are, you know, the two heads of our football operation, not to mention Don and Jeffrey, but just talking about our the football side of the building, um, how extraordinary their leadership is. And, and I'm lucky enough that I get to work, you know, under Howie take direction from Nick to make sure everyone's coordinated and everyone's pulling in the same direction. We're also, you know, extremely lucky to have, you know, football teams are made up of, you know, the players, the coaches, and then you have departments, you know, you have football departments, each of whom is critical to the team's success. Pat Dolan and our football IT department, okay, and running our video operations, incredibly important, critically important to our success. Tom Hunkley and Dr. Arshtonota and our training room, Greg Delmitros and our and our equipment room, Ted Rath and the weight room uh, and his staff. Everyone is so critically important to um, to what we do. And and also I would say uh, Paul Lancaster and Kathy Mayer and our player engagement department in terms of helping the players off the field. Uh, it's so critical to what we do. Uh, and I'm just lucky enough that I get to help fulfill what Nick and Howie's vision is about how those departments are going to be coordinated, what the priorities are, making sure everyone's on the same page, letting them be sort of uh, tunnel vision and single-minded about running the best training room or equipment room or football IT department, and I can be the one to kind of bridge the gap and make sure everyone has what they need to operate smoothly and succinctly, I would say is the best way to say it. So what is a day like for you? Oh, boy. Um, and it's, I know it's moving really, really quickly. <laughs> it's, and these days, you know, it's funny. You think of this as the off-season. You know, it's a zoo right now um, because we're planning for training camp. Um, <clears throat> I would also be, by the way, I want to mention our director of grounds, Tony Leonard, who's incredible at his job, um, the best in the business as far as I'm concerned, um, and his team. Um, so right now, we're planning for training camp, planning the training camp schedule, um, working with Nick and other coaches on making sure the schedule is um, optimal for us right now, um, while also making sure that our operations for the three preseason games are set and in place. So we're doing that. We're running the off-season program. We're running um, research projects for the regular season. We're you know planning the team operations for those 18 regular season games. Um, we're making sure that um, we have intern coaches starting. We have um, we took the team bowling today, and the team building activity. There is just there's nonstop activity. Um, so, and we're running our rookie development program, which is um, uh, its own entity. Um, so there is there are a million things going on. So I would say the answer and why I really do love my job. No two days are the same, and you don't know what you're going to get when you walk in the building. So yesterday was about as busy a day as I've had since I worked for Philadelphia Eagles. And why? 
We had a rookie rules presentation. We had uh, um, <clears throat> we had a, an on-field OTA, our first OTA of the year. We had uh, a big Nick had a big team meeting, um, which we had to prepare for. Uh, and then we had uh, we were planning for the bowling today. So all these things just sort of, you know, uh, dovetailed with each other. So what's the key to success, John? Why does it work? And it certainly, I would say, the league recognizes the Eagles as a premier organization. Why do you think that is? I think it's because, you know, one of, you know, from a football operations standpoint, one of Howie's great skills, in addition to roster building, is um, hiring good people for the right jobs. You know, and some of the people who I just mentioned have been with the Eagles for a long time and some are newer to the team. And the ability to all work together and have really good people run each of those departments um, is critically important, right? So, and to be good communicators and good collaborators. It's really easy to, uh, well, not really easy, but a lot of people can run something really well and be selfish about it. It's another thing to run something really well and be selfless about it and think of the greater good and always put the players first and put the players at the forefront. And I think that's what we do. And frankly, I don't think it is that way at all 32. I think we're lucky in that respect. Has the fact that the Eagles are coming off the Super Bowl, it's a truncated offseason, you still have to accomplish everything that you would accomplish in a quote-unquote normal offseason with just several weeks fewer time to do that. Has that made it more complicated? There's there's no question about it. <clears throat> Having Playing 18 games as opposed to 17 games, um, so an extra week of the regular season plus playing football until February 12th, there's no question it you know, before we knew it, we had barely gotten back from the Super Bowl and we're at the combine. Uh, normally you have a, you know, when you don't play in the Super Bowl, you have a lag time where you can prepare for the combine and you're doing draft prep. The, the, the combine, the draft, the league meeting, the league meeting, then the draft, the offseason program, it's all kind of uh, on us faster. So it is, it's, it's definitely more of a challenge. I would say um, in some ways you, there's no paralysis by analysis. You just got to do and you got to rely on your on on your the work you put in about what the best way to proceed is. Um, but it's hard. There's no doubt. Does every team have a John Ferrari? Uh, I, to a certain extent, I think you know. I, I think every every all 32 teams. If you look at their org chart and how they structure it, everybody's different. Everybody prioritizes things differently. You know, when I came here, Howie wanted someone who was just going to be uh, a compliance person who was going to help work with league rules. Um, and my job's definitely expanded beyond um, <clears throat> what that initially looked like. But so I would say um, I would say there are certainly yes, I, I, my the people I talk to around the league, um, um, there are certainly people like me, but there are certainly clubs that don't that do things another way and that distribute the things that I do among different people. Um but I think it's um, the way we do it and the way we've evolved here the past couple of years, I think, is really strong. Given all of that, John, as we speak here on the first day of June um, and well, actually, it's May 31st. This, this episode comes out June 1. The Super Bowl was February 12th. Given everything that has happened in the offseason period here ends next week, how would you characterize the way it's gone for the Philadelphia Eagles on the field, off the field from a flow standpoint? I think it's been... You know, when, when you ask me that question, I think of how has it been for our players? That's the that's the, the question I feel like you're asking. 
Um, and I feel like it's been seamless. And that's always the goal, right? That the players, that they come in, they're able to get their work done, whether it's their, their conditioning, whether it's their medical treatment, whether it's their classroom work, they're able to work in the best possible atmosphere and best possible conditions possible. And I, that for that, I've been really proud. Um, we've made slight capital improvements to the building. We've made uh, <clears throat> visual improvements to the building. Um, we've got some new equipment in. All those things have been, and the players, all of a sudden they show up, and for them it's been seamless. And we've added, I think, some really fantastic pieces to this team, um, and it's going to be really exciting to see they, how, how they all gel together uh, in July and August. John Ferrari, Assistant General Manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, thank you so much for your time here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Five times. The five-time appearance. The golden microphone going to John Ferrari. Everyone out there, thank you so much for joining us once again on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Trevor Hayes, thank you for your work putting it all together. Ray Doyle, for your quality control and brilliance. The media relations team, thank you so much for making all of these players, administrators, and coaches available. And of course, all the fans, thank you so much for tuning in each and every episode. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!